If you're looking for success in the vacation rental industry, Heather Bayer and the team at cottageblogger.com are here to show you that it's entirely within reach. Welcome to Vacation Rental Success, the show that features interviews with industry experts, successful vacation rental owners, and more, all geared toward helping you make it happen. Here's your host, Heather Bayer. Well, hello and welcome to another episode of the Vacation Rental Success Podcast. As ever, it's always a delight to be with you once again. I'm now back from Norlins, uh, complete with what's called the Norlins Flu. It started on the second day of the Vacation Rental Women's Summit Conference. And uh, I woke up in the morning with a really, really bad sore throat. And now here we are six days later, and it's been bad. And I'm recovering, but I'm afraid it will, I'm probably going to be keeping this episode a little bit shorter because my voice just does not last very long at the moment, which my husband thinks is a really great thing. You know, he just tells me just to keep talking because he knows I'm going to run out of words and he won't be able to hear me anymore. And then I just resort to hand gestures, which... Yeah, less said about that, the better. Anyhow, the Vacation Rental Women's Summit, it was amazing. It was really, really good. I'm not a woman's summit type of person. I was talking to Amy Highnote, who organised the conference a little bit earlier on, and, and you're going to hear her shortly because we, we recorded a phone conversation. I'm going to play that for you, just talking about the summit. But Amy said that she too had never been a sort of, you know, a girly girl. She'd never been part of a, a sorority or had this big gaggle of girlfriends. And just like just like me, I was not brought up in that that type of environment. So when when she told us that she was going to present a women's conference, I was a little bit skeptical and I know a lot of other people were as well. What was this going to be like? Was it how different was it going to be? Was it just going to be like another VRMA conference without the guys? And in fact, what it proved to be was something very, very different, something new. And I don't know what it was. And you'll, but but you'll hear from my discussion with Amy. It was a special event. There were there was a vibe that I hadn't experienced before. In previous conferences I've been to. So I'm going to leave that for now and, uh, and let our conversation really talk about the summit because it was, it, it was just, it was just great. I was, I was very glad that I got to go and that I got to be able to present at the conference and sit on a couple of panels and meet up with so many amazing women and guys, of course, there were, there were, and Matt Landau was there, Tim Cafferty was there. He's the host of uh, Sarah and T, the the podcast for property managers. Debbie Hurtert was there with her husband, Rob. And there were numerous other guys who, who did attend and, you know, all power to them for for being there. They really made the event as a, a success as well. So glad to to see them. So before I switch over to my conversation with Amy, where we just do a bit of a review 
on the conference and and some of the key points that came out of it, particularly from the keynote speeches. I wanted to talk about the vacation rental we stayed in. So originally I had booked to I had booked a room at the Ritz Carlton because I was going to be there on my own and I thought it would be quite nice in on the action in the hotel. And then Mike and Jason decided that they were going to come as well because they wanted to deliver some Facebook live sessions. So so Mike said, well, you know, we don't want all three of us to 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 be buying hotel rooms. Let's get a vacation rental. And I don't know how Mike swung this. I really don't. He found this amazing apartment which was immediately opposite the Ritz-Carlton on Canal Street, New Orleans. Now, for anybody who's been to New Orleans, you know that it is prime real estate, Canal Street and Bourbon Street. And this particular apartment had a massive balcony. And you could stand on the balcony and see over to the Ritz-Carlton and see up and down Canal Street and all the stuff that was going on. And I and I know that if, if we'd been able to stay another week and been there for Mardi Gras, it would have been absolutely amazing. It was right next door to a foot massage parlour. So every time we went back to the apartment to key in our code on the door, there's a little guy sitting outside the foot massage parlour asking if we'd like to come in and uh, get our feet massaged, I guess. So the location was amazing. Just could not have been better. You know there's going to be a however, don't you? That The last four or five vacation rentals booked via Airbnb that we've stayed in have all been pretty abysmal. And I'm really, really disappointed. I don't know what we do in this industry to get some of these hosts to up their game. And the the host of this property we stayed in was a super host. I don't know why. I, I didn't do have any dealings with him at all. Uh, and Mike said that what he had was very, very minimal. Well, let, let me tell you about the apartment itself, because there was nothing, there was nothing hugely wrong with it. It had two bedrooms, two full bedrooms. It had two bathrooms. It had a very large kitchen, a very large living area, which also had a bed in it, which would make the sort of third bedroom, uh, and this amazing balcony. So it was functional, and I think that's all. That's really all I can say. It was functional. It was a place to go sleep. Guess most people when they go to New Orleans, they 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 don't eat in, because I don't think I would have wanted to eat in at this property. When I go to a vacation rental, I often like to cook, particularly if I'm going for more than a few days. And uh, that that's always been a part of self catering to me because I'm not a great person for eating out. However, I do re- do realize that New Orleans is the place that you go and try out all the amazing food at all the amazing restaurants. So that could be one of the reasons it had in this huge kitchen, the $59 microwave, you know, that tiny little thing that takes four minutes to heat any anything. And here I go, because what it had to heat was water in a mug because there was no tea kettle. For those of you who know me, you know that this is the biggest, the most 
major thing for me. I mean, when I when we arrived, we all arrived together. What happened is that Mike, Jason and I came in on all different flights and then we just hung around at the airport waiting for the others to arrive. It was all, all, we, we all arrived within about 40 minutes of each other. So we got an Uber together and we got to the apartment and, and I know Mike and Jason just, as we walked in, stood back and they knew what I do. The first thing, I walk in anywhere and I'm not interested in bedrooms. I'm not interested in anything actually, apart from whether there is a tea kettle. Now, for those of you who don't know what a tea kettle is, and somebody did ask me at at the conference what one was when I was getting on my soapbox and complaining that there was not one in the apartment, it is an electric kettle that boils water. You plug it into the wall, you pour water in it, and it boils the water for tea. And no, you cannot use a coffee maker to boil water for tea because coffee, because those coffee makers don't boil the water and boiling water is what you need. Alternatively, there are the kettles that go on the top of the stove. You pour water in them, you put them on the stove, you heat them and they boil the water. No, putting water in a mug in a microwave does not cut it. It really doesn't. And I don't know why. I don't know whether it's something to do with the water, the way it boils, or the microwaves. But when I do that and I put a tea bag into the water, it just goes all frothy. And it really is quite disgusting. My initial impression was it's right next door to a foot massage parlour. Um, second impression was the steps, the, the staircase inside the door going up to the apartment were dirty. Everything was really dirty. It was not clean. And then opening the door to the apartment should have been quite a, I don't know, a pleasant surprise. And it was light and airy, but you turn the lights on and it was just mass of fluorescence everywhere. It was like being in an operating theatre. There was no ambience whatsoever. And that went right throughout the apartment. And the, the living room had no ambient lighting apart from well apart from the fluorescence well that's of course not ambient at all there were no pictures on the walls there was no effort at what I'd call decor it was just furniture put into a space so there was no thought given to how people would sit and enjoy the space and then there's the beds now the beds were okay comfortable However, the bedding was horrible. Grey, silky sheets. I hate grey sheets. I really do. I want nice white cotton sheets on a bed. I don't want an old comforter that looks like it hasn't been washed for months on the top. I want a duvet with a duvet cover that looks as though it's just been changed, That is, it's fresh and ready for me to sleep under. This, I really wish I'd brought my own bedding because it was not nice. Yeah, it, just, it, it sounds like I'm saying it was dreadful. Um, it was acceptable, but I wouldn't have, you know, in a hotel, I wouldn't have accepted any of it. In a hotel, I would have gone straight to the front desk and said, get me out of here and put me into a decent room. And in fact, the more I think about it, the more I'm thinking about how how ugly this place was and how much better it could have been. 
Oh, yes. And then there were the, the used linens that were on top of the uh, washing machine that had not been washed, obviously, from the previous guest. The fridge that was full of stuff. I guess we could use it, but a lot of open packets and things. Uh, no welcome book whatsoever. There was the Perspex stand with a notice giving us the Wi-Fi code, telling us not to throw anything off the balcony, to lock the door behind us after we left. And that was it. There was nothing else. We're in New Orleans, for goodness sake. Why wasn't there something that said where the best restaurants were in the area? You know, I'm your host. I'm actually your super host. Let me tell you about my location and why it's so amazing and all the nice places that I know of that I think you should go visit. There was nothing. I'm really on my soapbox on this because the more I think about it, the more I, I, I get so cross that these places or these hosts get super host status when they definitely do not deserve any of it. Do you think I've said enough? I'm just thinking, oh, what else was there? The master bathroom was a really weird setup. The, uh, there was, it was a bathtub with the sides were about two feet and you really had to climb over and into the bathtub a little bit. Um, I'm getting to that, I'm getting to that stage, you know, where I, I, I get very careful about um, slipping and falling. The, the bathroom tiling was pretty disgusting. And I, I did have a very hot bath. And that was one thing, there was hot water. Yay. And I had a hot bath on the second night. And I sat in that bathtub and I looked around and I thought, oh, this really, it's not acceptable. Really, really not acceptable. I'm cross. I'm cross because when hosts do this, they collect, and this was $300 a night, when they're collecting $300 a night for a, for a property, I want to see that there's some care and attention gone into it to make my stay pleasant. And, and it just makes me very cross that this type of service delivery or lack of service delivery will put people off, will put guests off who may be trying out vacation rentals for the first time. And if this was my first experience, I'd be very reluctant to go back and do it again. Yeah, I feel a bit jaded with it all because the last four I've stayed in have been substandard. And I really want to go and stay in somewhere I can really, really rave about. And, and it's just not happening, folks. So what I can rave about, of course, was the Vacation Rental Women's Summit. And uh, earlier today, I had a phone conversation with Amy Highnote, who put together the conference and asked her, you know, how she thought it went, what her takeaways were, and whether she'd do it again. So without further ado, let's pop on over to my conversation with my friend Amy. So after a fantastic two days at the Vacation Rental Women's Summit, I wanted to bring in the 
organizer, influencer, thought leader, the great Amy Highnote to, <laughs> to come and give us her feelings about her event, where the thought of it came from, how she felt it came together, and the feedback she's got so far. Amy, welcome. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you so much for having me on this, Heather, and thank you for everything that you did to help build the Women's Summit, promote it, speak at it, just be a part of it. Um, I'm so grateful to you for all of your support in this from the very beginning. I think it turned out to be an incredibly beneficial show, more than I expected it to, to be honest with you. I'm sitting here pretty pleased. I'm, I'm still pretty exhausted, <laughs> but but I'm very pleased about how it went. I bet you are exhausted because you were just on the go all the time. My feedback, um, for what it's worth, it was probably the best event I've ever attended, and that includes my own. There was a vibe to it. I, I wonder, was it was it the way people came that they came with expectations that it was going to be different and they brought their own vibe with them, I think, because of that. What do you think of that? You know, it's so funny because one of the things that um, Michelle Hodges said at the end that you and Jody Rafasco echoed was that we don't attend a lot of women's events. And I certainly don't. I wasn't a sorority member in college. I'm not exactly. I wasn't a cheerleader. I'm not exactly one of those girly girls. And so it was kind of interesting to see that dynamic play out that a lot of people there were not either. So a lot of us had never even really been to a women's event at all. And I thought that was super interesting, but it was kind of a social experiment a little bit. I wondered, I really did. I wondered, would we interact differently if it was just women? Would we talk differently? Would our conversations be different? Would we treat each other differently? And I mean, we did. I mean, I think that's what was so fascinating to me is from the very beginning, from the time the first people registered, everyone showed up ready to connect, ready to embrace each other, ready to share just the positive energy, even leading up to the event was something I've never experienced in anything in our industry. And I just the whole thing was just special. Uh, I I don't. That's the only. That's the number one word that I can get to. There there are so many things about we had that we connected. We were inspired. We were motivated. We laughed. We cried. But but we connected at a level that I've never experienced in the vacation real industry. And I'm so glad that we did it. Yeah, I'll go along with that because I know just just in just in talking, lining up. Let's say for for coffee or. Um, at at a a meal break and there was far more interaction there was nobody standing what I said in that last panel I didn't see anybody standing on their own nobody looked lonely that's what I found was different if somebody was was on their own it was almost immediate that somebody else went up to them and and made them feel welcome it's completely true. And so I think the difference was the attendees, not necessarily putting on the show or anything that I did or that, you know, although the volunteers were amazing, they definitely helped set that tone from the very beginning when they checked people in. I mean, even having my mom there was just such a blast. She had such a good time. Yeah, I bet. So let, let's talk about the um, the keynotes, because that, that was something that was entirely different from every other 
event we've been to, Ex- except your opening keynote. Um, but um, um, Tina Whalen from Home Away, perhaps we'd expect somebody like that at a VRMA event, but not your other keynote speakers. So t- tell us about them and, and what your key takeaways were from, from what they were saying and, and the impact they had on the attendees. Um, yes, for sure. So Lady Carnarvon, um, who is the guardian of Highclere Castle, which is where Downton Abbey is filmed, and Elizabeth Gilbert, who is the best-selling author of Eat, Pray, Love and Big Magic, has a new book coming out. Um, both of those women were pretty – choosing them was very intentional for the show. One, because they both understand our industry. Elizabeth Gilbert traveled a year and stayed in vacation homes. Um, and Lady Carnarvon has two on her property. She shares her home every single day. So she understands the hospitality world. And so I think that it was really important not just to have people who were motivational speakers, but to also have motivational speakers who were women and who did, were women that understood the vacation rental space. And so therefore, I think they connected with their audience in a different way. Um, than they do at any of their other um, conferences that they get to speak at. And I thought that was kind of interesting, too. They enjoyed it. And both of their Mm. agents reached out later and they gave glowing compliments about the show and how much that Elizabeth and Lady Carnarvon really believe, you know, really enjoyed it and enjoyed the crowd. And I thought that was kind of interesting, too, because it wasn't just us that felt it. They felt it, too. It was special. But anyway, Lady Carnarvon in particular, her message on branding, I thought was incredibly valuable for our group. That whole idea of what a brand is to a customer and the consistency that's so needed across the board in that and the authenticity of it. And she may be Mm -hmm. the authentic speaker I've ever heard. She presents herself with grace and poise that you would expect from from royalty. She's so smart. She's not only authentic and real, she's also incredibly brilliant. And just she knows her topic, you know, uh, you know, backwards and forwards. Yeah, and I, I would encourage anybody that didn't get to go and hear her speak to actually go and do a bit of research and read her backstory because it is so interesting. You know, what, what, what she's done with High Clear, how she's, she's so, so many of these old English homes and castles are just going to disrepair because they cost mil- gazillions to, to upkeep. And, and they have to be creative to, to actually get them, make, you know, just, just paying for themselves, let alone making any money. And I thought her message was, was amazing, particularly, you know, on, as you said, on branding. Well, I think that's so true. And what she, I mean, hearing her say about how, you know, the, she had no intention. She didn't. She didn't know she would be in that role when when she mm. met her husband. And the other piece of it is the house was vacant when she moved in. When she and her husband moved into it, no one had been keeping it up. And I think that's yeah. fascinating. That not only did she have to figure out how to renovate everything and how to get everything back up to livable standards, she also was in a position that she had to find a way to find, to figure out how to pay for all of it in a world, like you said, where people were not visiting those castles in the same way they used to. The competition for tourism dollars is everyone listening to Mm -hmm. this is super hard. 
So even finding a way to stick out and high clear isn't really in the middle of all the things you would see in London. I mean, in, in England, um, you know, it's it's a bit out of the way. I, I just think it's fascinating what she's done. But then there was Elizabeth Gilbert. And wow. I mean, she brought down the house. Her presentation was just so perfect for this group. And I think largely because she talked a lot about where we are as women in our lives right now, about what we say yes to and what we say no to. The fact that we say yes often when we actually mean no, that we are so busy and so running through life that we're not connecting one of the phrases she used was life meeting life and how important connection is. And I think this whole show showed even those of us who were skeptical about connection, how important connection is. And I found that to be refreshing, useful. <laughs> I also think the whole idea of connecting personally with guests and with homeowners is also incredibly valuable um, not just in our personal life, but also in our business life. I thought that was really fascinating. And I mean, she was, we laughed, we cried. <laughs> you know, it was like, it was one of those. And then getting to interview her afterwards was just the highlight of my career. I felt like Oprah. So I, I mean, I just thought they really did a fantastic job. But, um, but also Tina Wayan and Leslie Preston gave extraordinary um, general sessions and I mm-hmm. think that um, Leslie is just, as you know, we talked about her, and I think you've had her, right? I have not. I, I sat with her um, at one of the lunches, and and we had such a good conversation. And what you know, such such an amazing, down to earth person she is. Now, just just for those in the audience who who don't know who uh, Leslie Preston is. Um, do you want do you want to just give the back her, her backstory, uh, Amy? Yeah, absolutely. She is um, the largest property manager in all, in um, New Zealand, and she um, has a really unique way of looking at her business that's taken some time. She's also really in high growth mode right now, so it's kind of interesting to talk to a female owned business that's really looking at the one of these high growth models, which is kind of rare. We, we don't see a lot of that in our space, but um, she's actually from New York, but she went to Stanford, met her husband there who was from New Zealand and moved there and started this business. Um, and has been there now for, I think 25 years. She's just smart. But some of the stuff that she's done there, she's really, she's articulated the end to end experience in these, brand guideline books that she's put together for every situation for the end to end experience with the employee for the end to end experience with the homeowner and the end to end experience with the guest. Every single thing that happens there is intentional. And I'm fascinated by her. I think she's one of the smartest women in our industry and it's so fun to talk to her, but she gave a great presentation and Tina Tina pulled out some information from HomeAway that I thought was fascinating. I thought she did a great job. Her tone was amazing. I was really impressed with her, and that was the first time I had met her. I thought so too. I thought she she was. I was unsure of of how she would go down as the start, you know, as the opening keynote, and I I think she did an amazing job. I do too, and she really set the tone for um, why we were there, and I thought mm-hmm. she did a good job of showing about why women are in this industry and also how women 
are not in a lot of as many leadership positions as we should be in hospitality and, and ways to, mm-hmm. to look at that. But um, yeah, so yeah, I thought all of the, the general keynote sessions were beyond on point and they all had very similar messaging about authenticity, about brand, about being true to yourself. Um, and I thought that was kind of interesting to see that, you know, go all the way through the, the theme of the show that was certainly not planned. It was just very fortunate. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, you, you did just such an amazing job of, of pulling this all together. I, I know you're, you're doing a survey at the moment and feedback is coming back in and I, I'm, I'm guessing that will give you some indication of, of whether this happens again. Yeah, I think so. I mean, right now, um, I'll be honest with you. It's going to be hard to match this. <laughs> like, yeah. A little concerned about that. I, I don't know how you replicate that. I don't know if it's um, if it can be replicated. I, it was just such a a special thing. I think it's going to take some serious thought because it's a it's a very it's a much more detailed show than I think most of us have put together in the past because there were a yeah. lot of touches that to make it special that you wouldn't see at a normal industry conference for sure. Yeah. It almost felt like a wedding slash. You know, <laughs> so it was, it was a woman's event, but there were a good smattering of gentlemen there. There were actually. So, I, I, and I thought the feedback from the men was actually really incredible. In fact, some of the feedback from the men is what is, um, causing a whole lot of interest from other people in the industry the, as far as emails and and phone calls that I'm getting right now. A lot of people who are like, why was I not a part of this? Make sure that I'm a part of it next year. I think that a lot of the vendors that chose not to support the event um, maybe wish they had. Um, <laughs> it was special. And I, I thought that the Besides the general sessions, the breakout sessions were incredibly engaging. People just interacted and asked questions and and talked to each other and discussed things at a much deeper level than I've seen at any of my shows in the past. And I think that that's valuable. So I think that we probably will do it again. I'm just not sure how, when, where, you know, (laughs) those kind of questions are. I'm wondering if that's the how to go forward. One thing that we could do is we could put together some vacation rental women's summit, like alumni meetings, like a breakfast, lunch, tea, at some of the other shows, which could be a way to stay in touch throughout the year. Um, I think that, that, that's, that's a great idea. There were so many connections made that, um, you know, I, I, I can see people wanting to, you know, to, to revisit those connections and having that forum to do it, perhaps at other events, would be would be such a great idea. I completely agree, and I think a lot of the how to sessions did really well at this show. Yours about how to start a podcast, how to leverage thought leadership, how to get funding, how to measure ROI—you know, those kind of things—I thought were incredibly beneficial at this show that you don't normally see at others, and um. So there were a lot of there were a lot there was a lot of hands on information at the show, and I think that made a difference as well. There are a lot of things about it that I mean I'm, I'm, I guess I'm still processing everything in my head because it was so incredibly special. I mean, as exhausted as we all are, at the same time, 
I think we all feel incredibly motivated, incredibly inspired, rejuvenated, um, and really understanding that this industry is doable. You know, it doesn't feel quite so overwhelming anymore. That that power of connection is valuable. And we preach it all the time. It's what we do. It's hospitality, but it's different. It's different when you take the time to do it for yourself. So, so, so what are you doing now with the rest of your month? <laughs> I am... Um, so I have to start the new magazine um, this week, and I need to take care of business. <laughs> like, as far as all that fun accounts payable, accounts receivable stuff. But, uh, <laughs> the new magazine is coming out, and I think you'll see a lot of content from the sessions that were at the Women's Summit in the magazine. Um, but we are rolling forward on the, on the new magazine, and it's looking like we're going to be able to have that out by May. So that's excellent. a slower process than I thought, but I'm excited about it. And, um, and I, I think that some of the how-to stuff, the, the more hands-on information, I think you'll see more of that coming from VRM Intel as well. It's really trying to take this industry and take it, you know, that whole saying, how do you eat an elephant one bite at a time? We need to buy mm-hmm. those bites and, um, and really make those manageable. Good stuff. Well, I'm glad to hear that the new magazine's going to um, make its way um, make its way out, and um, and I know that the next issue of VRM Intel is is coming in in um, April. Exactly. So we have to. We're trying to get it done by the VRMA show in Charlotte, which I believe yeah. is April 15th. And we'll be there. Also headed to the Northwest Vacation Mental Professionals Group in Sun River this year in April. Yeah. Yeah, I will be there too. It's going to be fun. I'm excited about that show. Well, I haven't been that far west, so um, so that's going to be fun. So uh, I will look forward to seeing you there, Amy. Sounds great. Thank you again for all of your support on this event. It meant a lot to me. It meant a lot to the event. I'm incredibly grateful to you for that and for your friendship. Oh, it's my pleasure, Amy. And I I can't wait to see you again soon. And, um, oh, yeah, and to see the magazines coming out. That's going to be so awesome. Yeah, and we'll get the photos out soon, too, so that you'll be able to see (laughs) everything that happened at the show if you didn't make it. Hopefully, they'll have those by the end of the week. Excellent. Well, that's a wrap, as they say. I know from the my experience and Mike's experience of the end of the Vacation Rental Success Summit, how amazing it feels to come to the end and have delivered a fabulous event. But there's also a bit of a come down at the end and you feel a little bit flat yeah, it's a, it's all a little bit sad. It's you know months and months and months of planning, and finally the execution, and then the the end, and you begin to wonder what to do next. So it's great that Amy has the uh, next issue of VRM Intel to come out, and then the first issue of Second Home Quarterly, which I'm really excited about. This is. Something that's been a long time in the making for Amy, I know, and she has some re- I, I just can't wait to see this magazine. It's going to be something else. I am so excited for her and for 
you know, for, for where she is taking the the whole second home industry now. Not just vacation rentals, but second homes, because people do, they are out there buying second homes and not renting them out, you know. And there is so much more investment going on nowadays that uh, that it's going to be very interesting to see where we go with it all. So just to, I just want to shout out to a few people and if I miss you, let me know. I'll shout out to you next week. But I just loved getting together with so many people. Tyan Marsink, Jessica Vosel, uh, thank you so much for supporting me in in the presentation we did together because Tyan and myself and Andy McNulty from Touch Stay did that same presentation at VRMA in Las Vegas. And because Andy couldn't make it, Jess jumped in and did an amazing job doing that part of the presentation. So I know that Andy is delivering it in Prague next month at VRMA Europe. Antonio Bortolotti will be taking Tyann's part in it. And I am still on the fence as to whether I'm going to be going. Um, We shall see. I'll let you know next week. Um, who else? Oh, just so many people I met. Annie Switzer from the v- uh, Say No to VRBO uh, service fee group on Facebook. She is such a, an advocate for this whole industry. Uh, a very, very clever lady, too, as she's a sort of self-professed numbers freak. So I, she's the one that I'm going to go to if I need any number crunching done. Um, Jodie Bourne. Jody's been on the uh, been on the podcast talking about Instagram, and she's going to be helping me with my Pinterest account, and is going to be creating a course for Vacation Rental Formula very shortly on how to do well at Pinterest, and I I can't wait for that. Then a shout out to Matt Landau, of course. He was uh, he was front and center there to uh, open the conference right at the very beginning and he was on the I was on a panel with him right at the end and went to his inner circle uh, meetup as well which was great and met some great people there too so shout out to Sarah and I for being there and just be, being so so bubbly and enthusiastic and and for coming back to the apartment and and joining Mike and Jason and I and you know chewing the breeze into the evening hours there. Also Debbie Hurtert and her husband Rob always to be seen at these events. Debbie is such a powerful lady in the uh host to host group back in Portland. And I'll be seeing you Debbie in Sun River in April. Looking forward to that. Also, Erica Muller, my business partner in the Certified Vacation Rental Agent course, which we're just about to launch. And Andre McDonald, who is a native of New Orleans. And, oh, Andre, I shouldn't be saying New Orleans. I should be saying New Orleans. You taught me how. 
And thank you, Andre, just for being you, just for being such a great person. And I loved hearing about how you are bringing such great hospitality to your guests in Destin uh, that um, we will be talking before long. I want to have you on the podcast to uh, to share what you are doing because you've gone, uh, Andre's gone from owning her own properties to now managing properties. And, you know, I'm going to leave her doing that for a few months and then bring her on the podcast to talk about how she's doing that and how she's doing it so well. It was also great to see Tim Cafferty, um, the host of Sarah and Tim, uh, Sarah and T, uh, the, the other podcast, I guess. Then uh, shout out to Vanessa D'Souza-Large, who joined Debbie and Annie and myself on the Influencers, Influencers panel. Always a fun person to be around. And there was Jan Stevens from Bowen Island. You'll be able to see her episode of Matt Landau's Sense of Place. So so her property featured on that very, very shortly. Um, Suzanne Young, from, who's a fellow Canadian and VRF member. And finally, John and Karen Bobby. I'm sure I've got that wrong. John and Karen it was so great to meet you. They own Sunset Properties in Gulf Shores. I met them on the Tuesday evening at the Redfish Grill, and they came back to to uh, our apartment for a few drinks, and what a great couple they are. So thank you for, for seeking me out to talk to me about the podcast and I'm so pleased that I met you and looking forward to seeing you again in Gulf Shores when I'm down there in October. I'm sure I've left a ton of people out. I know I have. Let me know if I left you out because I really wanted to mention everybody that I'd I'd talked to, I'd sat down with and uh, and chatted to. So if I left you out, let me know. Okay, that's about it. I I'm going to sign off now. We will be we're in Kerrville, Texas at the moment. It's absolutely gorgeous. The weather at home is awful. Mike is on his way back to Antigua this week. It will be just myself and Jason on the office hours today if you're joining us on the day of publication and coming to office hours i'm going to be sitting in my truck outside the uh, visitor center here and and i will talk to you then okay it's been an absolute pleasure talking about the vacation rental women's summit and i'll look forward to being with you again next week this episode of vacation rental success is over but don't worry heather will be back soon Want more great resources? Visit cottageblogger.com for tips, tricks, downloads, and strategies to help you achieve profit from your vacation rental business.